0: Welcome guys to Playing Advantage, uh, the rugby podcast Before four mates sit around a microphone and chat about everything SA rugby without taking ourselves too seriously. Third one, third round of the Rugby World Cup, finally seeing some lovely rugby throwing around the ball. Before we get there, uh, introduce the, the mates sitting around the microphone, i have got Kevin with me. Fantastic to be here Marco. Thank you Kevin, lovely to have you <laughs> here. Keegan, uh,
1: Thanks guys for, for having me again.
0: <laughs> well it is your, your, your house so it's I very know. difficult to do this without you. Enough, fair enough,
1: welcome guys.
0: And then um, our normal third participants, Damien has elected to say no thanks for this week. He's a bit busy but uh, we have a guest guest uh, host here for us and that's uh, Brett Bachelor. How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> and then myself as always, um, Marco. Uh, guys, we'll, uh, we'll talk about all the fantastic rugby that's been played uh, later on in the, in the segment but let's just look at our agenda for today. First impressions, uh, looking at the results from the last game uh, against Namibia all the way up until uh, today, we'll be chatting about the SA Italy game a little bit more in depth uh, and discussing our players of the week, plonkers of the week and then getting to our Reft brand segments. And then lastly, just our predictions for the Canada game, which is on, is it Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday. so a short turnaround time for the boys. And we already have a um, a team selection out, so we'll be able to chat about uh, the combinations that have been put forward. Uh, but let's get straight into the first reactions uh, for the third round of the Rugby World Cup. Kev, what did you think?
2: First impressions.
3: My first impression uh, is going to be a little bit of a, an unusual one. Um, Brett, Keegs and I were lucky enough to watch uh, the game at a MasterCard event um, that had Nas Boerter speaking at it, um, as well as uh, Brian Banner and um, Warren Whiteley and Conor Degadi. And um, that was really interesting. So the, the funny thing was that we didn't have the, the normal pundits on SuperSport to listen to. We had the, the other guys. Um, and I love Nasser's opinion on rugby. I think he's a, he's a fantastic... Uh, guy and he knows a lot about the game um, I thought that he was very critical and so my first impression I just wanted to look at the hypercritical nature of South African rugby supporters and say that in a game that I think did feature a couple of the things that we've been worried about uh, I thought it was a large improvement so I'd, I'd like to be the guy who says guys let's give the box a little bit of a break and be happy for at least a couple of days
0: no that's okay but you're being serious about the last thing that wasn't a it wasn't a joke. It Wasn't sarcasm. No,
3: I, <laughs> joke. I, genu- I genuinely think Nice has incredibly valuable points to add. We've been to lots of talks with him at the Irish sure. Rugby Club. He's a—he's a fantastically knowledgeable guy. Um, I was just smiling a little bit because he's—he's he's a critical guy, you know. He, yes. he deserves to be, but um, he's not nearly as critical as half the guys on the street. <laughs> I was <laughs> just—I we was yeah. waiting
0: for that, but I was waiting for but on the other end. No, I can get through a couple <laughs> of sentences without. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, uh, can I okay,
1: alright. Geeks, <laughs> well, what did you think? Uh Just in terms of some of the rugby that was played, I saw some great rugby over the week or during the week. Um, but in terms of the, the book game, I know we'll, we'll chat about it a little bit more later. But um well, I saw some promising stuff here. I think towards the end of the game, we started to gel nicely, which I was quite, quite happy with. But still a lot of room for improvement, as always. So... Which are all in all what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that, we'll, we'll get to we'll that. We'll
2: get there, we'll get there. Yeah. Brett, what did you think? Um, yeah, pretty much following the same uh, ideas, but uh, I think we started off slow. And uh, yeah, luckily second half and towards the end of the first half we started racking up the points. The scrumming was phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I haven't uh, seen uh, what's it, uncontested scrums in quite a while for yeah. especially international rugby. So yeah, I think well done to the front row, well actually all eight forwards
0: um, and the guys that came on. Um, yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Um, I think instead of focusing on the, the bot game, I'd like to kind of comment on the whole Rugby World Cup. Um, the more and more I've, I've read up about it it's the conditions obviously have played a massive role in uh, you know wow. the the slipperiness of the ball you, we've heard teams playing or practicing at least with shampoo on the balls or oils on the balls or whatever uh, they've been using uh, I don't know shampoo on the balls I've heard shampoo on the balls uh, <laughs> soapy balls <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's just in the team hotel or in the field as well I, I don't know <laughs> But, uh, what did they put on the rug <laughs> <laughs> But So, I mean, I've really seen a big improvement uh, in not only the handling, but also just the adventurous play. Uh, every single game that I've watched, uh, the guys are more keen to, to keep the ball in play. Uh, it's, and this, that's what we want to see at the end of the day. Um, You're not I talking about the, the Springboks anymore. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. The Springboks, they did uh, really, I think, they improved um, the handling and the, the attacking attempts, uh, even in the first half. But I think all around uh, it was quite nice to see. Uh, again, Japan, I know we've spoken about it before, lovely, lovely handling. Um, but, and they played a, a motivated Samoa squad. And to be able to pull away there at the end, I think it was 38 19. It was a close game up until about 17 minutes. So I think they're also a big, big side to watch. You're yeah, right, it's been quite an exciting world, Cup for, for rugby. Yeah. Not lots of kicking. And I mean, even just... We kicked a <laughs> <you know, laughs> yes, so kicked yeah. But even just uh, looking at the scorelines, um, there's been a couple of games where I've predicted, you know, massive maulings of, you know, plus 100 points. Um, and it just hasn't come. Even, you know, the Australia-Uruguay game, I thought there was going to be a, a massive uh, scoreline there. And um, New Zealand, uh, Namibia also thought there was going to be a big scoreline game, and there wasn't. Uh, which is nice to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't want to have those uncompetitive matches. But anyways, uh, let's actually then have a look at the results uh, from from the last week of rugby. Keys, do you want to take us through that? Sure. Um, So we're going to start
1: off way back with the Georgia-Uruguay game. That was 33-7 to Georgia. Um, Australia-Wales, 25-29 to Wales. Uh, Scotland-Samoa, surprisingly everyone thought Samoa were going to push Scotland, but it didn't happen. That was 34-0. France versus USA, 33-9. New Zealand, Canada, 63-0, Georgia, Fiji, uh, 45-10 to Fiji, um, Ireland, Russia, 35-0, which is quite surprising, I'd say, it's not a very big scoreline. No, um, Then we move on to South Africa versus Italy, which is 49-3, um, Australia, Uruguay, 45-10 to Australia, uh, England, Argentina, 33-10, uh, 39-10, excuse me. Um, which also, I think, a bit, bit surprising. Mm. Um, as you've mentioned already, the Japan-Samoa game, 38-19 to Japan. New Zealand-Namibia, 71-9. Um, and then France-Tonga, 23-21. And that, that was this morning.
0: Yeah. Cool, that's it. Yeah, I think, like I mentioned, there hasn't been any runaway scores. And for a lot of the games, they're keeping them, uh, you know, the minnow squads, are literally keeping pace until 65 minutes, 70 minutes. Yeah. It was at the USA against Australia, where at I think 70 minutes it was still close. Is mm. that right? Am I thinking of the right game there? It was England, it was still, England, England, USA. Yes. That's right. That's right. Sorry, yeah. not Australia. I mean, up until then it was very, very close. It was within yes. seven points, mm. and they pulled away at the end. Uh, but I think that's a massive, massive improvement, mm. uh, and just for global showpiece as well.
1: So people, people say it's fitness, but I disagree. I think the USA is probably one of the most professional teams in terms of their approach and their, their training. Mm. Um, I think it's just their skill level that lets them down in the end. Um, and they are just lack of rap, like proper structure and rugby knowledge. So that's where I think the larger teams tend to stay as a unit and then pull away.
2: Mm. Mm. But they are building nicely. I, th- I think maybe the next World Cup or the following one, USA might become one of
0: those uh, proper contenders, you know? Yeah, yeah. So maybe, let me ask a, a different question then. I mean, because we've had three rounds now of, uh, of this Rugby World Cup. Um, some teams on form, some teams are still struggling to find their identity. I mean, if we look at the bigger teams that everybody thought, you know, was going to perform, who is disappointed and who's kind of exceeded expectations in your guys' head? Ireland, Ireland is, is disappointed. Yeah. Um,
3: as you guys know, the Ireland is kind of like my second team. Uh, I always love the way Ireland plays, but um, yeah, obviously the the fall um to Japan was a huge shocker, but it, it's exciting for the World Cup. I mean, it's yeah. not like it's ruining it's ruining regular. It's it's actually good that it's that it's so competitive. Yeah, and I think um we we're just talking about England as well. England has also not really come. There. Everybody's um been pinging them as. Uh, a good chance to win it, yeah, okay. and I think those guys aren't looking like they're stomping over everybody that they're encountering either.
0: Oh, I, I, I tend to disagree with you there. I think England in the, the the games that they've had so far, they've they've almost stamped the authority on on, on the games. Um, not you know convincing that they'll beat the All Blacks you know five out of ten times, but I think the. Uh, at times, the, the set phases have looked very good. Their forwards, uh, they've got a strong pack um, that's been playing together for a few games. And then the back line as well. Um, as much as I hate Owen Farrell, and I think that's collectively pretty pretty much <laughs> yeah. the same for all of us, they their, their back lines look good. Uh, Daly's look good. May's look good. Watsons look good. Uh, to Elongi, I mean, there was always a, a bit of a, a, a hoo-ha if he's going to be ready. But uh, George Ford has uh, looked quite good pulling the strings, so... And I, that's the place I'll disagree with. No,
3: I, I, I'll I take that disagreement. I, I think they've got a good side, but they don't look infallible to me. The only yeah, people sure. in this whole World Cup that look infallible at the moment are the All
2: Blacks. Also, I mean, it doesn't really help. Uh, our group isn't exactly testing them too much. Um, we'll see with the quarters coming up. I think they'll probably end up playing um, the Irish, it looks like, for now.
3: If that's the case, it will be very exciting because mm. you know the All Blacks have the potential to be tripped up, as
1: any team does, and mm. they have a little habit of a uh, of World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> well, not for a while, at least, but... Yeah. Um, in terms of my disappointment, I, sh- I share the same sentiments as Cabin with Ireland, but I'm going to go on a different one and say um, Fiji. Uh, I was hoping that Fiji would actually kind of show up to this World Cup like they did in 07, mm. um, and yeah, it's been a bit bit disappointing in that regard. Um, but, but yeah, you have to admit that Japan really has shown up and that, that succeeded all expectation for me. Everyone knew that it would be a lot tougher to beat, but they really have picked it up nicely, which is oh, it's exciting. It yeah. changes the game completely.
0: Yeah. Definitely, I mean, you took the word straight out of my mouth. I don't think there was always a shot of them making the quarters, right? Yeah. Uh, but we, we thought that would depend on them beating Scotland. Mm. I remember reading after the first week, uh, first week's games, that uh, a South African scribe had been with a colleague on that side, and they chatted about after they had beaten Russia. They heard the Japanese speaking about, uh, they think they can actually win this, and the the two guys actually thought that was you know quite admirable. Let me try that again. (laughs) For um, uh, for the Japanese to kind of have that false sense of hope. And as soon as they beat Ireland, I kind of thought to myself, uh, "Hold on, uh, they they they, they they know something that we don't know because yeah. there's a very good chance that they're going to top the pool." Uh, which is just uh, looking uh, to the last round, best game of the and the last game of the uh, um, the pool stages is Scotland versus Japan, which is going to be a smashing game. I think yeah. I'm very much looking to this.
2: Haven't uh, haven't done too badly. Um, to the two well slow start but they they've got a i think now two wins under their belts.
0: um yeah so so the last game will be but they may remember played into two two minutes um yeah. but i think just going back to to japan i think there's a a good chance that they'll top that pool and i think we'll be very pleased to be able to uh, face them uh, in the quarters mm-hmm. uh, if that turns out the way uh, that it will But. I honestly think they, they're a dangerous side the way that they're playing they're not standing back for anybody so yeah, they've been my surprise team no, what, if, what if if Scotland
1: <coughs> actually beats Japan I mean that's, nothing's oh no listen I oh know it's a bit of a stretch but no, that'll that screw stretch. up no, everything no, that would no, just no. throw everything yeah
0: that's that's when the math, math boffins have yeah, to look I at counting points at that point yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. it yeah.
1: That, that pool would essentially be that everyone lost in that pool yeah I mean uh, how, how often is that the, when you see mm. that
0: in the um, World Cup that yeah. be very interesting to see. Which would be great, yeah. Uh, but guys, let's move on to South Africa, Italy. Um, <laughs> I think uh, you know I, I hate to use the, the cliches, but it's a game of two halves. Um, but I think we, we did look good in the in the first half. It's a very much a pity. I didn't want uh, a red card um, in in that second half. It was hundred percent deserved. Yes, yeah, so I wanted two, <laughs> but I didn't want it. in You know, I wanted our guys to have eighty minutes against. Decent opposition uh, before we go into the quarters. But it is what it is. Um, thoughts, guys? Uh, I know there was we looked very different, very different compared to how we played against the All Blacks and how we played against Namibia. Mm. Yeah, I think
3: so. If we start with set pieces, very, very good. Um, yes. the, the scrum <laughs> thing was a huge shame, but uh, I will say our lineups were fantastic. I don't think we lost one. I think we've got 100% success rates in lineouts and then obviously as well in the scrums but that was because of the uncontested thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it would have been there on the cards for us to get anyway because we did start out dominating them and in fact I've heard a couple of people talk about this conspiracy um, saying that uh, John Smith like, tweeted yes. that it was very convenient. Yes, we're all <laughs> thinking both about the, it. <laughs> we're all no else. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> but in all seriousness, I think it's a bit of a problematic uh, thing where you can allow Two players to get injured and that's uncontested scrums because of exactly that reason. People could use it as a potential plan yes. in the game.
0: Sure, but I mean, if we have to look at it from a large perspective, I think that's one of two incidents in the last four years that's ever happened. So I I, I don't think we at risk of of somebody doing that on purpose. I, I don't think just the rugby culture, the macho man like type of man mentality of a prop, they wouldn't do that. So I don't think, at least in my opinion.
1: Well, just looking at the one prop who supposedly hurts his ribs, in the contact that, in that at that contact point, there was no way that his ribs would have been affected by that.
2: Also, well, he had a lot of padding over those ribs. Eh? Yeah, yes, exactly.
1: He's <laughs> got a lot of uh, protection. There. So I think that's. A, I know it's a conspiracy and and whatnot, but I think it is. Guys are tricky. Guys are sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. are sneaky. yeah, at
3: the end of the day, especially when he went off, you kind of said, "Should we go back on?" Yeah. He's kind of thinking, "I don't know if I should go back on. Yeah. Maybe help the team out a little bit." Yeah. And we've all done it. Like your coach says, I'll oh, hold your nose, yeah. just pretend it's blood there. Yes. You know, stuff like take a, that. Take a knee, take a knee. And
1: the physio runs on with his earpiece and he's busy whispering sweet nothings in the play. Yeah, these, yeah. Kinds of, these kinds of things do happen in rugby and I, I have
3: no doubt that happened to an even greater degree at the World Cup rugby. So, mm. oh,
0: that's
3: It must be Marshall. But I mean, look, we won the game anyway. I, I do think that the scrums would have helped us and provided another bit of an attacking platform. I'm sorry that, that we didn't get to see that. Uh, In the way that we could have. Um, But other than that, uh, I know that we're going to talk a little bit again about the the kicking strategy. So maybe we should start doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into it. Yeah, Fuff. Yeah, Uh, Fuff. Fuff. Again, we're talking about Fuff. 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 But but Fuff did what he's been doing the entire game. It wasn't a surprise, or the entire World Cup. It wasn't a surprise at all. Uh, He hoisted um, straight out of the half. I don't know why we're not using Pollard to clear. In the twenty, in the, from the, uh, well, the twenty chance, and
2: he actually well twice. He was he was hoofing it very nicely.
3: His territorial <laughs> kicking was actually yeah, great, yeah. and uh, it's like a weird plan because Fuff's kicking is not stunning. He doesn't yeah. kick the ball very far, um, and that box kick out into touch. I mean, fine, but give your fluff off the angle, mm-hmm. and
1: uh, why does Fuff need to
3: take control of that
1: aspect of the of the
3: game? I don't understand. Yeah, I
1: you know what the thing for me is the amount of pressure Fuff put us under through his. Okay, so there were a few tries that were scored off of his boxing. I think it was about two tries. However, if you look at the number of times, I mean, it's the the ratio does not add up. I mean, it's it's almost ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Then, he, his decision making has somewhat been, you know, I've spoken about this before. How his 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 style of play has completely changed since he's been in the UK, mm-hmm. and. He try to do that, that quick little dart off the, off the uh, base of the ruck and then he uh, slung that pass out wide and mm. got intercepted. Mm. I mean, it's, it's silly. You know, when that happened, when that pass got intercepted,
3: I was saying, for me, the guy's become an incredibly predictable player. Yes. Yeah. So, 100%. so his his leg goes out half an hour before he kicks that box yeah. kick. You know, nobody's surprised by it. True. Um and the box kick is, in my opinion, is supposed to be used as a mechanism to mix the game up. You know, it's it's a change of tactic, not a not a standard one. Yes. And then when he came and passed that ball, he went and he did he did a very dramatic um scrummy pass. He was on his stomach. Um, it was clear from a mile away that that was what he was going to do yes. and any good team is going to pick up um, opportunities like that if Faf is going to give them to him yeah. It.
0: Yeah, So That's it. but at the risk of uh, the show becoming the Faf uh, the uh, show, <laughs> <laughs> let me rather look at uh, uh, the, I think the first half um, I think we played well I th- the the guys showed some attacking intent, which was nice. So I don't know. I've, I've, I've read a few columns where people are saying uh, Jedi mind tricks by Russi and by Stain because you know <laughs> they've said this whole week, you know um, teams are going to be kicking more. They're going to be playing more conservative rugby, and look what they came out to doing. So if that was a ploy, work to cheat. Yeah. Uh, but I like the attacking intent. Uh, I like the fact that we got the ball out. Um, the fact that it got past Alender as well. I think he had a fantastic game. I'm sure he'll be mentioned a little bit later. I've got to say, we always give Dallender the a stick. We must say that he had a fantastic, he had game. A fantastic yeah. game. He had a fantastic game. The ball job. went wide. We showed some great hands. Uh, we got the ball into our playmakers' uh, hands. I mean, Um had a, had a, a very good game. Um, we got to do something more than just tackle during 100%. the game. A hundred percent. We got Colby the ball. Um, so I think regardless of the fact of... Uh, you know, the, the the red card, yes, that definitely impacted the game, but I think that we were building very nicely, uh, we, we looked good, and I think we still would have run away with the game, uh, I mean, if we just look at the first half, we were in the red zone uh, four times, and we made two mistakes, uh, otherwise, you know, it would have been much bigger than 17-3 at halftime, that was a Faf's knock-on, I uh, had 22, and then Colby's poor pass uh, to, to villy <laughs> but um, Brett's pointed out that he was just getting a back for the, the previous games. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We <With> really <laughs> threw that duck towards Colby. Uh, yeah, to, to so I think it was there. Um, yeah, definitely. Brett, what do you think?
2: Yeah, no, um, I think, well, look, I was saying at the start, it started off slow, but finally, you know, managed to do quite a bit in the second half. Um, yeah, we can carry on complaining about Fafers, <laughs> but that'll, you know, don't want to waste the whole hour uh, talking about one person? Um, yeah, and ach, there's not much more to add on to what you guys have already said. W- one of the things that,
3: that I thought we should mention is the the state of the defence. It was very, very impressive. Very good. Very True.
1: impressive. I disagree. You disagree that our defence was good? It wasn't. It wasn't good.
0: Okay, why do you say that?
1: There were some key players who missed tackles. And we're talking about the
0: obvious Dwayne from getting and getting handed off by the so seven. Um,
1: are two players that, that should be the most outstanding players in terms of defence. They should not miss any tackles. And I think kudos, I have to say it, it has to, the, the open and blind side flankers for Italy were incredible. I think they were the standout players okay. on the, in the Italian side. But they were the best loose forwards for me on the, on, on the park. Yeah. They were actually okay. doing, to be part of a team yeah. that's cuck and to be doing something and dominating no, contact. They points. To play. Yeah. They it's to really play. interesting that you say that because I think you're right. Those guys didn't stand up
3: today. But our defence still pushed Italy back regularly. Yep. Um, so it means mm-hmm. our systems are good because it's those guys really who are, are critical uh, didn't rock up on it. you are yeah. right. Um, but we still managed to, to push Italy back. So, hopefully, when they do rock up and we have the same systems, we can push a team like New Zealand back. Hopefully, I mean, if,
0: yeah, if I was seeing context, I think we've just gotten used to Peter Deptitoy and playing for Milan being Thor and Superman. No. So, <laughs> we've gotten used to them not making one mistake and always dominating the contact area. So, yeah, once in a while, you know, they they are going to step up and that's, they're human, exactly, which does not make any sense. But I, you know, 100% uh, agree with Kevin. Every single time somebody ran at somebody uh, in our defensive line, they had a mate right next to them and it was a gang tackle. They tackled them back. I mean, there's a few examples where they were on our 22, four phases later, they're on the 10. Six phases later, they're on the halfway line. Mm. And that's because, you know, I, I applaud Italy for not kicking the ball away. But that's just because every single time they ran on a line, there was guys who were so motivated to tackle. They wanted to tackle through the guys. They don't mm-hmm. want to just make contact. And that showed up all the way from Malarba uh, to Itzabek <laughs> to, um, to I mean, bon- everybody. To Bonki bon- bon- as well. Bon- 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 right? uh, yeah, he, he had some good tackles. And yeah. Beast as well. I mean, not just in the scrums. I know that was where he was focusing. But, yeah, he got got some work rates right in. Um so yeah, I mean, against a, a team that we should defend well against, uh, and they, you know, give them the credit. They tried everything. They had some backline moves. They tried to get the forwards involved. Um, besides that one sniping break, um, that's the the blind blindside flank, the number seven for Italy got through. We were we know, were pretty decent. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on on that.
1: But I mean, just in terms of key players, your loose forwards, Marco, you sure. played eight. No, One hundred percent, I agree. I played open and eight as well, you have to, you are, you the tackler yeah, this park, that is your job, number one job, tackle, you defend, that's all, that's all, so I just find it a little bit, uh, yeah,
3: Yeah. I, th- I, think, I think there are good points and bad points, and the individual uh, mistakes is something that did crop up, and I guess it happens, you know, um, rather make them in a, in a game that's not going to come down sure. to those kind yeah. of mistakes, yeah. Again, I thought there were a couple of coaching conundrums. Um, <laughs> after the, the scrum was non-contested, we changed the entire front row for some bloody reason. Yes. Um, and I think that's again, that's it's Russi phoning in his calls yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for substitutions. Like the, I think in, in the grand scheme of Russi and his plan coming together, he has a, a very rigid idea of what's going on. And I think some of it is paying off. And you can see that hard work in things like the defence and, and, and that kind of thing. And some of it still perplexes me. I'm not really sure how it's going to go. Um, and I'm very interested to see after the Canada game uh, what our A-team is going to look like.
0: Yeah. Andrew, I, especially on the bench. Because yeah. I think going be those are going to be some big calls. Who you who you're going to put in who you're going to leave out. Yeah,
3: Herschel got more of a
0: chance uh, yeah.
3: the last game against Italy. And, uh I thought that was interesting and I had no idea why he got seven minutes in the previous game. Exactly. I don't exactly. understand the point of doing that to a player. Yeah, yeah. But at least this game he had more of a chance. But we, we saw him come in and, and execute the plan, the mm. box kicking plan, you know, so...
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Better than Fuff actually. Yeah, well, he, he was more accurate sure. Yeah. Um Okay, well, well, one thing I, well, we were saying during the game, we thought, if you're going to have uncontested scrums, why put on you know, scrummaging uh, players that are less mobile around the field. If, if you don't need to scrum, put, like some guys that can really move the ball, have, I know, extra backline players on the field. Why not give them a run and see if you can, you know, create, create more uh, well quick ball and... Uh, not a
1: bad, uh, that's a, a very interesting. I don't remember chatting about that.
0: It was quite loud at the event. Yeah, it was. But remember, we only had one backline player on the bench so, yeah, uh, it, really a yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have counted. Wouldn't have counted. Uh, yeah. Um but guys then uh, let's let's get into who we really thought made the biggest impact uh, in our segment player of the week. Player of the week So uh, obviously uh Geeks, Dwayne for Milan or Peter Death the is not gonna be yours. So who did you pick for Player of the Week? Guys us. I'm sorry I'm going to
1: probably screw you all over Ches and Colby Mr. Okay. Obvious <laughs> Mr. Obvious I'm sorry, Obvious. Oh, sorry man I'm no, sorry why incredible. was he the
0: player of the week I mean there can't be that many reasons can
1: there? <laughs> um, I mean just other than Willy LaRue giving the most loopy pass in the world giving Ches and zero opportunity and he still scored uh, yeah, had he two, had players two, two players and he snapped both those guys ankles and uh yeah, and he's just an incredible player. And it was the first time he touched the ball. Imagine we gave him the ball more. <laughs> imagine, just imagine. Yeah, so right. that's that's why he's my player of the week. He was, mean, a- it was amazing. I mean. yeah. in the he air, tackling, running with the ball. He's just everywhere. I mean, he the one the one box kick. Somehow, my gathered it. Somehow, and <laughs> guess who was there to clean on him? Yes, yeah. Chesnickov. Mm-hmm. He came off his wing and he was right there. Yeah. He was Always directly wing. responsible for a number of tries, tries. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot yeah. of which he didn't even
3: score. That um, uh, Ergesneman yeah, try was completely his work. Yeah. The one before, yeah. uh, build up and all again, his tackling work. 100%. Um, no, he was incredible. I think he was man in the match on the day was man of a whole bunch of other matches that he didn't even rock up to. He was the best man at a couple of weddings that day. So <laughs> it's just a stunning that It's, it's, a, it's a
0: probably a good thing he's married, eh? Otherwise, <laughs> I think he'd have proposals left around since. He probably still does. Man. Yeah. <laughs> he's got one for a batch. <laughs> uh, but I think, yeah, definitely uh, in, in contention for play of the tournament so far. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, I'd say play of the year.
2: Yeah, know, maybe. I'm trying to think Probably who's good. really competing against him uh, the way that he's playing sure. um, for any of these other sides. No one. So <coughs> Brett, who did you, uh, who's your play of the week? Well, that's taken. So uh, well, I'd say um, he finally got the ball. He's doing more than than just tackling. He got to got to play with it a bit. Um, I think he had a fantastic game. And it was good to see him running around the park and yeah. actually doing you know. his job. Yeah, so, no, hundred percent. So thank you very much. Uh, to Djalender <laughs> <laughs> for leading them ever again little <laughs> shout out
3: <laughs> uh, my player of the week uh, obviously since Cheslin's is taken I'm going to go with Bongi uh, Bongi Mbunambi I don't think we said his surname in the last podcast mm. um, there's it more than one Bongi <laughs> <monkey. laughs> as much credit <laughs> as we can I, gotcha. I, thought, I thought he stood up today um, in, uh, in the tackling uh, today sorry on the on the game day um, his defense was really good and he's putting so much pressure on, on Marks. I don't have Marks as my starting A-team's uh, for, uh, number two at the moment. No, no, Bongi, no, Bongi is it for us. me. Yeah. So he stood up and he's been uh, exhibiting a lot of consistency, which I think is very valuable in a, in a hooker yeah. in yeah. any forward position. But uh, yeah, for him, 100%
1: he did more than his fair share of work and yeah. Ooh, he's, he's of the week. He's pinged Malcolm on the throwing, eh? Absolutely. His throwing, I remember, it wasn't it wasn't fantastic. But yeah. then he has picked up that like that is just you yeah. know watch those Italians throwing in those huge <laughs> <line> arms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that that was possible. It was it was the guy was catching a bloody. It must have been on An nice his An outside the shoulder, and, uh, and then Bongi just straight every time yeah. in the middle. Yeah. I don't know
0: if
3: they've
1: painted the line skewed <laughs> on these fields, <laughs> man. Because I've
3: been seeing these skew
1: lineups every game. These forward passes. It's yeah. Northern Hemisphere refs. They don't. They don't. They're not as
0: strict. Uh, maybe reference. we should leave it
3: for le- reference But yeah, I yeah. think maybe there's some squiggly lines we're concerned.
0: But uh, yeah, Kev, I 100 percent agree with you. Uh, Bongi's usurped uh, marks, uh, which is, uh, I, I don't know how he did it, uh, but he fully deserves it because the way Marks was coming in from this entire year, he won, so African Player of the Year last year, I think, was mm-hmm. really stiff. Uh, he was in contention for uh, IB Player of the Year, so for somebody to come in, and I, I don't think he played fantastically well uh, for Western Province, the Super Rugby season, mm-hmm. and he's just turned it up a notch, uh, yeah. you know, and it's almost been the opposite of Marks, where he had a decent Super Rugby season, but he hasn't been able to consistently perform yes. for the Swimbox. Mm-hmm. He's turned it on, and I mean, mm-hmm. he's and that I think is um, the best example of s- somebody who's waiting for the opportunity, somebody mm-hmm. who's constantly putting pressure on oh, the guy yeah, above him. Open, you know? And once I mean, he, he's had a few opportunities, and we all kind of said at various stages, Yeah, we're not sure if he's even our number two hooker, but more and more, he's, he's proven himself 100%. Um, but I think my player of the week. Uh, and it's it grounds me to say this, and I'm not sure how I'm going to sleep tonight. Uh, is David Dallin. <laughs> 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 I honestly think uh, let's give the man some credits. Yeah. Again, I don't know where it came from. Just like the the Springbok attacking uh, intent, he played magnificently. He um, he passed the ball, so <laughs> that must have been passing on <laughs> Mondays. Yeah. Yeah. And he passed it both ways. <laughs> he yeah. passed it left and right. Fantastic. Um, he can pass. He can pass. So and he, and he can just run straight. Exactly. <laughs> um, so he took up you know the crash balls like we always expected him to. He took them up very well. He got over the game line. Once he started getting over the game line, he kept on looking for the offloads. Yes. Uh, his support play uh, to um when um was able to break the line, he was there. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, he was rocking when he needed to be rocking. So um I, I think yeah, definitely uh if if we can just even get of that, moving forward, I'd be happy with it. Um, So now Pollard knows that he doesn't have to work on his skip passes either. So he can can just pass it to Alender, and Dallende can pass it on. Takes a bit of pressure off of him. Yeah, and I think also just defensively. um, If you look at those three for any team uh, in the world, if you have to face Pollard, Alender, and Um, and you have to try to break through that wall, you're going to have a tough night. eh? You're going to need to come up with some very interesting switch plays, maybe chips over the top. But those three, they don't seem to be missing tackles. No. Um, so it'd be very interesting uh, for anybody to go after uh, that kind of line. Uh, but John I fully deserved it. I know we give him a lot of stick, like Kev <laughs> said earlier. <laughs> but uh, 100% uh, my play play of the week. Mm. Um, but uh, again, going from the, the good, not to the bad, but the proper ugly. Uh, <laughs> Planke of the week who did you have. Uh, so Favre's the obvious one,
2: but um, I think uh, is also. He's not impressing me at, at all. Um, I don't think. I mean, he gets the ball into a bit of space and he decides to kick it, and I don't know what happens to that radar, but most of the time it's a it's a step up. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, they try try to chip uh, the one through and kicked it straight into touch. Um, yeah, I think he's he's playing terribly. I but think sh- when it comes play. to
3: professional sports, you know, there's hundreds of guys with the capability necessary. So what makes the difference is the headset. So you need to get the mental game correct. And we've seen Vili. He's been our star for for a long a long time in the Springboks. Mm. And like we, all, I've got a photo with him. I'm very excited to have that photo with him. Big fanboy, you know. Like he mm. deserves what he's got for us. But then I often see. It's the same thing that's happening with Fuff. You, you're a hero of the team and you take this kind of leadership role which can go either way. Mm. And it's bothersome. I mean, look at, look at the best performance alliance I've ever put in uh, in terms of a season. Those guys were a bunch of relative nobodies um, who all got together under the banner of Johan Ackermann and that's what made them great is that they were playing for each other. <coughs> yeah. So are the Springboks, the likes of Fuff, the likes of they are they
1: playing for each other at the moment or are they playing for themselves? Yeah. That's kind of what it looks like to me. I don't so, know if you guys agree. Are you, so you basically saying that there's a lot of ego involved in the, within the within the the group. The group I, d- I do think that yeah. Well, or okay. the group
3: or yeah, I can I can I, think, like, I, I think Vili Villy might fall victim to 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 that kind mean, of syndrome. Fuff, definitely. Yeah. For me, yes. I, it looks like selfish play. It yeah. looks like he doesn't trust the players outside of him. And I think there are a couple of guys who are guilty of that. we only just started punk of the Week,
1: so let's get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so something that i I spoken about before with you guys, but just for our audience, so when you go to the Golden Lions meeting room, you see they have a big banner on the wall and it says, leave your ego at home. And And I think that just speaks leaps and bounds about the kind of attitude that they have. And this was under Johan Ackerman when I was there uh, working with the conditioning coaches. And I just think the attitude there was... Everyone was friendly, everyone came and spoke to you, they were very professional and I think... Keegs, you know, we were watching a game at Ellis Park when the Lions were playing the Sharks?
3: Yes. And at one point there was a break in play and Keegan tapped me on the shoulder and said, look at these teams and the Lions were in a big huddle and the the Sharks were all floating around the field, getting a bit of attention, a bit of magic cream on their their ankles or whatever. And Keegan says to me, look at the Sharks, there's a bunch of superstars and the Lions, those guys are a team. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely right, and that's maybe what we what we're missing um, with the Springboks because that system is harder to get I to get maybe right.
2: Maybe sales Sharks doesn't have the banner above the gym. <laughs> Forgotten yeah. Not the Sale Sharks, the, uh, the the, the, the <laughs> Sharks. No, 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 I'm Mincing. saying we're has gone. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so my planco of the week is Andrea Lavotti. For his uh, attempted murder on Dwayne from Myrland. I think that <laughs> was just the stupidest thing I have seen in a while. I need um, help
2: for a bit. <laughs> I don't know what possessed him. No, as it, after yeah. the whistle, no call,
1: man. Just try to bury him. <laughs> it was ridiculous. No, I, I think because of the scrubs. <laughs> yeah, I think I think as well. I mean, I don't want to. Talk about the ref and whatnot, but I think that should have been two cards. I mean, were, mm, his yeah. teammate was one hundred percent involved in that tackle. I saw a little bit of a yeah. a tip there as well, and um, yeah, I think just appalling. So he's going to definitely be cited. That's probably the end of his World Cup.
2: Yeah, no. Yeah. what's well, it probably only has what one more game Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> can I
1: can I throw in an honourable mention? Sorry. Uh, our favourite player, Labonini. Got a red card. Oh yeah, Argentina. We all really <laughs> love that guy. Like he is just such a, a brilliant player. You know, he just you know he's such a an ethical player. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a shocker a, that he
3: got a red card. I can't believe it. Oh, no, so to be honest, you to you for one you know, <laughs> it's Every dog, eh? yeah, Jesus, that's ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Well, you guys are
3: rapidly taking my plonker of the week. So <laughs> <laughs> let me let me uh, post uh, somebody to think about. Ibn Ezebeth uh, for me very quiet um, and one of the other things uh, he's one of the guys that has kept in the box before and should be taking on a leadership role Um uh, I don't know I just thought that he didn't lead from the front he didn't even get to the front half the time Um and I don't know if you guys agree but that's a uh, it's not a good enough performance when we've got Master and Sneijman waiting to be 100%. our starting locks. Yeah. Well, they
2: they should be already. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know why we keep on sticking with the Ivan Ezebeth, but uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. If it maybe gives a bit of his uh, his pay to Russia at the end of uh, of the month. I don't know. <laughs> maybe
3: maybe it's the same kind of thing that I've been complaining about. It's his hero syndrome, you know. Mm. We want the guys who've got their faces on the boxes of cereal. Um, and the banners and the guys who are in the adverts phoning, bloody outsurance, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> those are the kind of guys that the public is, the public is expecting to see on the field and Evan Isabeth is one of those guys, 100%. Um, and yeah, in my books, if the if the player behind you is better than you, that player starts. It doesn't matter what kind
1: of contract you've got. Exactly. So I, I think the stuff that's happening here is definitely affecting him. I think you can see it in the way that he's playing. He is. His, his, mind, his mind's not there. You know, Russi can say, oh no, not, the team's not being affected by this. Uh, Irvin's not being affected by this. Oh, it has to be. Come on. you got an impending court case against you where you could possibly go to jail. And, you know, that's going to screw up even the, the most sane, stable people. And I know for a fact that Irvin's not exactly that. So, I think um, the, the thing is, rather put a player that has who is 100% that you can see is there. Okay. I, if, if I, if, as a coach, if I knew one of my players was going through a divorce or something serious, you've got to look at it really deeply and you've got to say, okay, the, will this person perform? Yeah. and Is there a possibility? And I that think coach?
3: That's, that's maybe like, you know, Rusty's plan is, is a good one, but, but in his fostering of a team mm-hmm. kind of nature. A lot of what he does is he supports players by leaving them there, despite their performances. Fuff is one. Urban looks like is one. For me, rugby, you're part of a team. It doesn't have to be a big emotional thing. At the end of the day, if you can't perform um, with whatever's going on in your mental state, if there's somebody better, you get subbed. Mm -hmm. when When you drop from starting position, it's not the same as being dropped from the team. And it's not your coach saying, hey, I don't support you as a bloke. Um, it's just a case of we actually need to post the best team on the day because we're there to win the, the Rugby World Cup sure. not to make everybody feel great you yeah. Know. Yeah.
0: yeah, 100% uh, and I think I, know, I think it was Jake White back in the day who kind of had this attitude of he'll continue to pick players um, even through bad form because what's the, what's the saying um, performance is temporary class is permanent or something like that um, so I 100% agree with that, that statement but not in the World Cup here because um, you're there to win the World Cup, so I yeah. agree, 100% Kev, That you need to pick the guy who's, who's, uh, who's performing. They're there to do a job, they're yeah. not paid to do the job, they must do it, actually, well, you pick the people that are best at it. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, it's getting to knockout phase now, so you have to have everybody firing on all cylinders. You can't afford somebody to uh, to have a bad game. Uh, Planck of the week, uh, for me, um, obviously you can't be, be Villy, that'd be the obvious choice. Uh, can't be Fuff, that'd be another obvious choice. For me, I'm going to go with uh, Francho Stein, and uh, there was a few times... No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cavs favourites, uh, old Dali here. Um, purely down to, and is something that Vili also did, which I don't understand, uh, is that when we got the ball to the outside and they were Vili and uh, Stein were on the outside, we tend to kick the ball away. Uh, we tend to put these grubbers in when you know, let's say maybe a grub is a 50-50 option. So if the ball goes out, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a line out uh, that we can at least, um, you know, try to, to win back. Uh, it puts pressure on the opposition because then they're going to kick out. and we've got a line out on their 22, whatever the case might be. Or we can actually maybe get the ball uh, and then recycle from there, putting them under pressure. That's what the grubber is from behind, right? For me, it's a case of we've seen now multiple times, that's if you give Faf, uh, sorry, if you give uh, Colby, pimpi and Corsi, um, if you give them ball, they will make something happen. I with mean, a bit of space, yeah. Well, yeah. Not even with limited space. I mean, Colby steps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Colby step two guys within a two-three meter range to score his first try. So for me, it's if you don't have those guys on your outside, then I understand the grabber tactic. But give the guys the ball back then, because every single time. Something happens with them, even if they make five meters, ten meters, you still retain that ball. Our racking, like Kev mentioned, has been excellent. So then let's play, let's let's actually keep Good it. Ball. Yeah, keep it, and then back your boys. Let them go, even if they make a mistake, that's fine. We still then, uh, the, we still in the twenty-two or you know ten meters away from their line. It might be their ball, but that would have been the same uh, result as if we you know put the grabber through and uh, we give them a the lineup ball uh, no. there. Yeah,
3: at no stage in the whole game did we look vulnerable to um to the racks. We we had them under control. Yeah. And I thought our support play um was really good in terms yes. of the guys following up. Um there were people on the shoulders and those are the people that are there to, to put in the first hits at the rack mm. uh, if necessary. So I don't see the downside of, of just taking the contact and setting up for the next play. Because I think, yeah. I think our strength is with like guys like Colby, they they are they'll make something out of nothing but they'll run. Yeah, we we don't play a very like technical kicking uh, attack attacking game um, at all, but that's fine. Let's mm-hmm. let's bash it up. Uh, let's find the gaps. Let's do what we do all year. Why are we trying to make magic out of nothing in those situations? Uh, yeah, you know I, I do uh, enjoy the way France state plays, in, but I can't argue with what you're saying about that. It's it's a, it's yeah. a silly idea. It's,
0: and again, I mean, so it's, it's, it's it was staying. Um, it was Villy a few times as well. But then um, we well, we spoke about it as well with uh, with Pollard when we had the advantage on the halfway line, the penalty advantage, and instead of getting the ball and swinging it wide because we had an overlap on the outside, what did we do? We it up and under. Hmm. Why are we we've got advantage. Out of exactly. We we have advantage. We've got the guys on the outside. Trust them, let them go literally win a game for you, uh, because they can. They've proven it now. So why not give it to your playmakers? Well, one thing though, Apollo uh, did a really nice uh, cross kick
2: in, in the 20, well, opposition's 22 uh, for Colby to yes. school. Yeah. Um, it, look, it, it was wide open for that kick, but I'm just glad that he's kind of given himself a bit more leeway to, to make those decisions. Yeah. If Um, it's on, it's on. Yes.
3: And the guys have to be confident enough to say, yeah, it looks on and I'm going to go for it. Sure. But like that situation with advantage, you know, if it's not on, don't try to make it on. mm. Let's play some some good quality rugby and then build to the point where you can then strike. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something I want to mention is just, so I've picked it up a few times now, is the passing. Uh, I know the weather conditions in Japan are quite tricky but passing behind your teammate. Mm. Yeah, not that when you watch the All Blacks play, and I know everybody harps on about this a little bit too much sometimes, but they are they are always passing in front of the man and it kills your momentum. We all know when you get passed behind your back, you've got to essentially slow down, turn around and try and catch this ball now and then conti- turn and continue running forward. Mm. Yeah. It just kills your momentum. Um, one of one of uh, I think it was ums try when he um, he received he, when he made a break sorry he received the ball perfectly mm-hmm. in front of him, yeah. which beat it was that pass beat the defender that beat the defender because it was perfect right in in his hands and I think we need a, we need to address that if we're going if we're going to go further in the World cup, we have to start being a little bit more precise in that regard so let me ask you a question,
0: geeks, do you think it's more a case of bad passing or do you think the guys were overrunning their lines because they're so eager to get going
1: I think it's a little bit of both I think what's happening is we I saw on a few occasions um, with Fafteklag's pass Mm. Mapimpi was flat very very flat he was not deep he was yeah. very very he was quite close as well um, so, putting him under pressure so you, you're not giving yourself time as a carrier either so you you it's a it's yeah. a bit of both
2: and because and
3: the delivery has been slow right? oh it has been. Yeah, but, but you but you right. you can you can solve that very easily by just saying get deeper you know mm. set yeah. a little bit deeper
2: also one thing with the well running in pods for some reason and we've been doing it for years we like to as forwards, they, they I don't know if they think they can't catch a ball while moving yeah, but they'll wait to get the ball the yes. defensive lines now pushing them because most of the defensive lines are now this or uh, um, well, pressing Rush, yeah. rushed uh, defense uh, and we wait we, we pretty much you take a step then and then you you're going get you're not going
0: to go forward you're just going to go slowly backwards yeah okay all right. Um, and I don't know so I say this every single week, getting to our, our favorite segments, but I think we actually have some some juice to squeeze out of this, uh, this fruit for once. Uh, reference. Uh, let me start with the very and obvious. How are you able to put a hit out on somebody, two Italian guys, and one of them gets a red card? And I'm not even sure the right guy got the red cards. Uh, obviously chatting about the the... The tip tackle on Dwayne Familin basically almost uh, took him out for the entire World Cup. Mm. Yeah, sure but It
2: was, no. a, it was quite a, a <laughs> worrying moment. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, shocking. it's it's tough to
3: ask her if to give two cards for an incident like that. I think you're right, uh, just objectively, that is should what should have happened. It, it it wasn't upsetting to me that it didn't happen because I didn't want two players off the of field. Of course, nobody mm. wants it. But at the same time, yes we say it all the time, the refs are not being consistent and they should be being consistent. That's actually what they need to do. So as much as I was happy not to see two guys go, I was, you, you're right, the refs are doing a good enough job.
0: I mean, I, I, I think I've said it before, uh, even before this podcast, I didn't want to see anybody going off. I wanted 15 against 15. I wanted us to clearly show dominance for a full 80 minutes um, be, and have just a good game so they can go into the quarters and say we've had a good game. But just consistency wise um, I don't think there is any so now you're saying, okay, if, if two guys get involved, you know one of them's going to get penalized. last uh, I, I, I don't get it.
1: yeah uh, it's a, there's a huge disparity between all the risks and I think if you also consider how huge the difference is between even north and south in terms of he- hemispheres, the way they officiate the game is hugely different. Mm. Um, like I said earlier about the line out throwing, I've, I've seen it time and time again in Pro Fourteen, in uh, French, the top fourteen, um, in the Gallagher Cup, all of that kind of stuff. The line out throws are not, you know, they're not very tough on that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's just it's, it's bizarre, you know. And and the the interpretation of the scrum for me at the moment is just shocking. Nobody really knows what the hell is going on, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and like we've said now, the contact point. Tackling, um, you know, there's just no consistency. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really, really, it's, it's, I feel like a broken record now. Hey? Yeah, you we guys feel the same? Uh, it's every week now. Yeah. It's every week now, every weekend.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's why I joke, and I say it's our favorite segments, but I, we don't like to talk about it because it's the obvious thing. And we don't want the ref to have an influence on the game. We just want to watch a good rugby game where there's no contentious penalties yeah. or cards. Yeah. no absolutely I, I think that incident it was
3: it was a really horrible one the, the, the red card incidents but players will do that unfortunately they'll have brain farts and they'll mess up their career their um, uh, campaign their uh, world cup campaign and they'll yeah. mess it up for their teams and that's what they did and they need to get punished for that and the ref has to be the guy unfortunately to do that the ref can't be the guy who says I want to keep everybody happy the ref specifically there for a different purpose and it's yeah. to of a fair game yeah. and you're right like the southern hemisphere refs uh, i think are used to to needing to control the breakdown um and be stern and make strong calls and i do get the the impression that a lot of these northern hemisphere refs are running after the game hoping that nothing that's not difficult to call goes on <laughs> rather than like actually stamping down and saying this is how this game is going to be ref. there's no compromises yeah
0: uh, and just if we're talking about inconsistency um there was a call um i'm trying to remember the the game now that's nigel owns uh reft um where it was a case of the the fullback received the ball and uh, then he returned and up and under and there, there was a guy charging down sorry it was yeah it was uh, england sorry england and their last game USA, USA, USA. USA. yeah so um a fullback received the ball up and under and then the American player uh, who was um, going to try to charge it down, he jumped up in the air and then he made contact with the fullback afterwards. Um, so what, what happened was is that there was a penalty. Um, and how Nigel Owens explained it is that if you go for the, the charge down, you have to accept the consequences that if you're going to make contact with a the player, then that's going to be a penalty against you. I understand that. I, I, I get what the rule is. Awesome. Makes sense, because so it's, a, it's, a, it's a tactic. Uh, if you're going to make contact with a player, it's a penalty, because uh, they're in a vulnerable position. Fast forward to the Japan Samoa game, the exact same thing happened with Tim, uh, Tim Nana williams is that he put in an up-and-under, uh, a Japanese player uh, missed the charge down and made contact with him, and the ref said play on. So, and the, the, the Japanese Samoa game was relatively close at that stage. So those sort of things can really swing a game. So it's something as simple as that we you can't make contact with a vulnerable player that is not being policed the same. Yes. Uh, and, and that's not a difficult thing. If you make contact with somebody, that is very easy to see. Yep. It doesn't matter if they have a, a Leo DiCaprio acting job, um, but that is literally something very easy to, to, to control. It's, it's the, the same ref. kind of thing. You know, you've got these situations where you're refing the,
3: the fallout and not the offense. Yes. If you, if the offense is, is refed that way, then it's how it works, you know. It doesn't matter if, if, if it, like, there's an incident, and they go, "Oh well, it's it's fine because it didn't really make that much of a yeah. of an issue." Then you know those calls become incredibly hard to make. Not just for the refs, and for the players who don't understand what the rules are. Yeah. Why, why are they not getting pinged for for not rolling away because the ref didn't think it was that big of a deal that time? Then obviously those guys need to do the best they can. They'll push the limits, and then yeah. the game gets messier. The whole yeah. thing gets harder to ref,
0: and that becomes subjective. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way we um, we players are played in the air e when they're in lineouts if you touch exactly. them it should be a penalty or a card straight away hmm. but because he fell awkwardly or his own players didn't catch him then it becomes a red card yeah. which is i don't know that's complete and utter bullshit to me if you play somebody in the air it's a penalty or yellow card don't yeah. tell me well you know it didn't turn out too badly, because then it's what are you firstly how are you asking the, the players to play you playing them to play on how you feel about the game on the day yeah and then uh, if we just look at it in a larger context what are you teaching the guys at club rugby what are you teaching the kids that's okay, you have to literally study the ref and yes. see how he's ref game. That's that's ridiculous.
1: 100%. I, I've got a nice example, and it, just as from a personal perspective, when I was in high school, um, we were playing against St. Stephen's College. Um, that's uh, John O'Ross's team for, for our international viewers. Um, he, he basically, um, him and I, I was playing number eight, and it was off the kickoff, and we both contended for the ball um, in the 22. And I jumped up, um, him being a little bit taller than me at the time, I you know, it was at a bit of a disadvantage. And I jumped up and I put my hand on his chest. That was literally it. I didn't push him, I just placed my hand on his chest and we were both in the air. However, I did essentially play the man in the air. Mm-hmm. And, and that from that day on, I, I realised that just don't. It's, don't do it. Yeah. But, and I, not once. Did I ever do that again? It was a lesson that I learned that just, just if you can't, if it's no no contest then just leave it. Leave it. yeah. I think it's quite a simple rule actually.
0: That's a great example
1: and that's exactly why you need to be
3: pinged even if somebody didn't hurt themselves. Yeah. Exactly. You know, because what, what you'll understand. do is you'll stop doing that. You'll yeah. stop trailing the hand and then they, the incidence will decrease. Yeah,
0: Yeah. No, 100%. Uh, so we're looking at our next game against uh, Canada, which is coming up on Tuesday. So, short turnaround for the boys. Uh, and something that we don't get very often is that we actually get to see uh, the lineup uh, this early. And we're able to chat about who we're going to be seeing on the uh, on the game. Uh, sorry, on, on the day of the match. Uh, Kev, I know you have our lineup uh, for us. Can you talk us through the, the block twenty-three?
3: I do have the lineup for you. It's basically the B team back in action. So uh, the front row is Brits, Koch, and Detoy, um Sneiman and Mostert, who unfortunately are part of the B team at the moment, but that should be <laughs> our starting block there. Yeah, yeah. Um, then Quaker is back, flows at eight, and Sia is starting at six. Um, I assume for some reason because he needs to, to get a bit of running done. I'm not really sure yeah, uh, why so that decision confidence. was made. Yeah. Um, but we'll go. Ahead. Now Reinoch uh, getting a start. got quite excited about it. Uh, Alton's back. Um, and then Damien Dallender moves out to 13 for Franz Stein to come in at 12. Um, Corsi uh, coming on at wing. Uh, Gelund starting at wing because uh, now we've got Willemse in at fullback. Beautiful. And that's the lineup. Then we've got a couple of the regulars on the bench. Uh, Kits off Marks, Malherba, Elizabeth, Peter Steff there. Unfortunately, I really Don't hope that he uh, I was hoping he could get a rest. No, he gets uh, a rest. You know, the well, guy deserves it, doesn't he? He doesn't
2: have to go on. I mean, he's on the bench. Let's just hope he doesn't
0: have so, there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, and the cover I also think is quite interesting. So they've got Yankees there, Herschel Yankees, and Andre Pollard and Vili Roux uh, covering on the bench as well, uh, which is interesting because um, we haven't yet played with a backup 10. Uh, to my knowledge, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm not sure if that uh, is a little bit of lack of faith in Elton uh, or not. Yeah. Shit. I don't That's know a, if it should be interpreted a, like that. That's
0: heavy. I hope not. So I think if if we look at at the squad, I think there's uh, it's a very exciting backline in the first place. If we just look yeah. at our outside backs, so having Galant, Vilamsa and Kosi, I think there's and then uh, giving Elton the the keys to the car uh, to literally just say have it, you Do know. Do your thing, your yeah, thing yeah. put your cross kicks in. Uh, I think that's it could be potentially mind-blowing the type of trials that we could see. I um, but I, th- I think getting to your point of why are some of the guys there, I think definitely Sia needs to just regain some match fitness so I can see him going 60 minutes and then uh, hopefully Peter Steff has left his uh, last case uh, resort. So then I think that Brits would go to flank or even eight um, and uh, then uh, Mark's going to, to, to hooker, and with, um, her uh, not not sure, uh, Elton Yankees, I hope that they leave him there for, for 80 minutes. Uh, there's no need to go put uh, Risk Polar there, let him play his 80 minutes, mm. give them guys some confidence. Uh, so to your point of uh, the interesting um, bench, I think and I hope it's just for last case scenario. But do you think maybe he's just carrying an injury that they're worried he can't
2: we won't be able to do the whole 18 minutes. Maybe, I don't know, maybe sure. that's something
0: I Yeah, I, I, I guess
3: so. I just find it interesting that this is the first time we've covered 10 with the 10, because mm-hmm. we've been happy to leave Stay in there who can obviously fulfill that position if necessary. Yeah. I don't know why this time we're not doing that. But maybe you're right. Maybe there's something going on. Maybe no. there is an injury being nursed or something like that. I hope Pollard doesn't get in the field. I think he, no. needs, a, he needs a rest. Yes. Yeah. I hope Peter Steff doesn't get on the field. He yeah. needs a rest.
0: You're risking the, those guys. It's a nothing game. We've basically secured our spots. We're not going to lose against Canada. It's a nothing game. Leave the guys out. Give them some rest. Uh, nothing good can come from playing them. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, I'd, but, I'd, but I'd other than that, play. I think
3: it's really positive. And as you say, I really hope that uh, Alton gets a lot of latitude. Um, to get it out to all those backs that are really crying for for a chance. Um, I didn't think they stood up enough against Namibia. Yeah. Um, and that was their fault. I mean a little yeah. bit as well as the, uh, as well as the game plan. but uh, another opportunity for, for you t- them to do exactly what, what you said last time and stand up and make it absolutely impossible for uh, for Russia to to exclude them going forward
1: into yeah. the, into the final stages. Yeah, so uh, just my my take on, on this game is I think uh, it, you know we, we all love Korsi I think he just needs to I just wanted to show up properly and just show Rossi that he should be in that starting team in that A yeah. side uh, and I think that for me is just I really really want him to because he deserves just, it he does yeah. he's an incredible player I would go as far to say he's almost on par with Jeslin um you know i think he just hasn't he hasn't, the, the he hasn't well. had the chance you yeah. know, against the big teams
0: yeah i'll go as far as saying that he deserves a bench spot if he if my pimpy is going to be the chosen left wing yeah. i believe he should, be on that he should be on the bench because he's an impact player if we talk yeah. about the bench and a specific reason for guys being there being able to make an impact he should 100 be the with especially with uh, krill not being at the World cup anymore he's the guy who can He could change a game, potentially. One of the guys I'm
3: quite interested to see how he performs is Willimsa now that, I mean, obviously we know the circumstances that he's there now, but Mm -hmm. there's nothing in front of him except one game from ball by the Wands and say, include me going forward. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, uh, you know, he's got nothing, or he's got less to lose than everybody else there. Yeah. And I'm just interested to see how he takes it. You know, 15 is an important position and he can inject himself into the game if he wants to. Mm -hmm. We know, we've seen him in Super Rugby, he is a good player. He can do a lot of things maybe he'll come and show up, you know. Yeah.
2: yeah, And, and Gelund's not now nah, 15, so he doesn't have to make too many decisions, he can just sort of play off
0: yeah. with, uh, yeah. with yeah.
2: him, so that so should so be good.
1: Sorry you, but um, uh, what position is Quaker playing again? Seven. Is he pl- is no, playing seven. seven. Why is he playing seven? Because no, Colise is playing six. No, I t- but oh, it's flow eight. Oh, yes, my yeah. word. Are you, did Rusty not learn anything? Uh,
0: Quaker is not a blindside flank, I If just anything, put Quacker at eight and put low at no, uh, seven. At what? No, yeah, yeah. no, that's what
1: yeah, you Yeah, you saying, rather yeah. put
0: Quacker at eight and then play low at seven. Yes. If, if you have to have Koilisi at six. Exactly. I get that. Uh, it makes no sense. Because you what you're doing is you are pigeonholing the guy. Yeah. You're not allowing him to express himself or bring the positive attributes that he has of other guys yeah. in the field. You, you yeah. went here
3: uh, for our last podcast, Batch, but uh, I said that Kwako had been suffering from something called Batch Syndrome. <laughs> Which is, for those of you that don't know, Batch is, a, is an incredible forward, uh, and he works so hard. But he's the fastest guy on the pitch, and <laughs> most of the pitches that he gets onto. And I think Cuaco is the exact same thing. You know, he's like the fittest man in world rugby. Put him at blindside flank. You've played him out of position, and he's asked to do so much grafting and tackling that we waste his talents. You know.
2: Yeah. I think I'm going to send this recording uh, to to some of the coaches that we've got. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just um, part of your seat. It seems so. But, I mean, like we we tweeted as well, for those who follow us on uh, on Twitter, we we honestly, when we spoke about it, we think that the Vlimpso caller has a lot more to do about what Rossi thinks about our state of play at 10-15 than anything else. I mean, he wasn't going to cover outside centre, never. never. So, that's... And the fact that he's literally been drafted in to play 15 um shows that there isn't much faith uh i think in Gallant. Uh Halant hasn't shown up yet i no. think he's less responsibility like brett mentioned on mm-hmm. the wing um, and honestly i think that's the reason why there's been no push for for Willi, uh to you know to be benched because there is nobody else putting up their hand there's always the possibility of playing colby at fullback but you don't want to take somebody like that's the way he's been performing you don't want to take him out of his position either.
3: Yeah, that would be a, a terrible plan to take your best performing player and move positions. Yes. You can't ask him to be uh, yeah, no, 100%. I agree with you on that one for sure.
2: Hopefully he shows up. Then you can
0: actually have an answer at 15 right
3: now. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. that's what he's got as an opportunity.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, so we'll see.
0: But then you also, yeah, I agree. It'd be fantastic if there's somebody to push him. And then we'll get back to the arguments of, you know, knockout stages rugby. Do you want somebody with all the experience in the world there? Somebody's not going to lose you the game instead of winning the game. You know that's somebody that really could be uh, instead of the So That will be interesting. I hope I hope we just put a, a massive score on these guys and just give the guys a bash. Like Kev mentioned in previous podcasts, this only happens once every four years. A lot of these players don't get a second chance at a World Cup, so let them express themselves. It's a it's almost a bit of a nothing game. We're going to win it. We're going to come second in the pool. That's fine, but have some fun as well. Yeah, give, give the give the boys in the highlight room uh, something to work with uh, so that you can watch those reels back in a couple of years time and uh, brag to, to all, the, all the family and all the, the women <laughs> <laughs> so predictions wise uh, Brett what are you going to say box buy I think we should give them 50 okay at least
2: so yeah that's, that's my prediction uh, I'm going to I think my
1: super brute pick was 60 so I'm going to stick with that 60 points
2: Oh, mm. I'm also
3: happy to, to look at a 50-60 point margin yeah. for this game. I think what we really need the guys to do is rock up and play for themselves mm. um, and prove what they can prove. You know, let's, this, this is the game where we can open up, spread up a little bit, uh, pressures off, guys have nothing to do but make an impression, so yeah, it's yeah. So 50, points, 50 to get points for Trying your
2: starting uh, position uh, sort of in this game for the
0: rest of the World yeah. Cup. Yeah. I'd uh, look, I only said 22 against Italy, um, which based on our form, I think kind of justified it. Uh, but after last week's match, and I'm just basing this off of the first half performance, because we obviously had a bit of an unfair advantage with the red card. Uh, but even then, like I said, I think we would have put up a big score against them. So hopefully, in the same vein, if we're going to play with the same attacking with the same attacking attempts, I'm going to go with 65. Uh, I honestly think we should not struggle, and this game should be dead and buried. Uh, 30 minutes in mm-hmm. so good. Let's, let's hope hopefully balls. touch wood <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really you know uh, I would love Elton just to have a good game because uh, he deserves it mm-hmm. I mean Me he, he's been in the shadows for a while now uh, not always deservedly so um, so I, I really hope for his sake uh, and I think he does the, the back line to help him have a good game but then also yeah. just to show Rossi that he needs to be on the bench for mm-hmm. knockout phases yeah. Yeah. he yeah. is definitely our best option uh, not staying, uh, we we can't afford that. Uh, the the Bali needs to be drinking beers and uh, making up nicknames for the bench uh, more than anything else, and not actually be on the bench. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that statement.
3: I think that Alton Alton, if he rocks up, uh, can play a pivotal role in this World Cup still.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see Brits play again. I think he had a he had a wonderful game. Uh, what's it two weeks back? Yeah. or a week back. Um, He'll be, nice, he'll be nice to see him play. I, I think he might look more exciting as a, as a second, your, your backup hooker than, uh, than Marks is right now. Because Marks doesn't make too much of a difference on that field. No. Um, I, I think uh, you can put uh, Brits also at uh, flanker. He has that work rate. He does, he does a lot on the field, actually. Carrying okay. the ball, he's always looking for the offload. Um, so I'm excited to see him play this weekend. Okay
0: big, big statements. Um, I think, lastly, if we can just give a shout out uh, or just some requests that we all pray for Colby's ankle. <laughs> uh, he said after the game that it wasn't serious, that it was just a twist. Um, but the way I think collectively South Africa's breath was taken away when we saw him being injured after that fantastic run, uh, that he, he was looking for support and he realized, nah, I'm all mine. Uh, (laughs) that that break he made so hopefully um, that man heals up we need him and uh, I'm very very pleased that he's not on the bench Uh, there's absolutely no need to risk him so uh, so two weeks rest uh, have him ready Uh, and even if this whole week it is just you know laying back uh, having some ice on the ankle that's fine I don't think anybody would uh, would question that Uh, but y'all guys thanks for for joining me Uh, for our listeners as always uh, please give us uh, a shout. Uh, give us a listen on uh, podcasts, uh, on YouTube as well, and then on Twitter we are at uh, Playing ADV. Um, yeah, let us know what you guys think about uh, all the bullshit that we're talking about. If it if it makes any type of sense, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, uh, let's hope for another good week of uh, rugby. It's been uh, very interesting, very entertaining. Um, so I, I can only imagine it's going to be more of the same. Uh, Ciao, guys. Until next week. Thanks, James. Thank you. Thanks, you us. guys.